0: Future Human Visionaries. What Tomorrow Knows Today. Produced in association with the V&A.
1: Welcome to Visionaries, a podcast dedicated to futurological thinkers. We seek out people who are reimagining innovation in their field and ask them to apply their intelligence to emerging trends. Liam Young is an architect at the think tank Tomorrow's Thoughts Today. They focus on urban futures and examine past visions of the future to better understand the contemporary evolution of their industry. He describes how the thought processes of leading architects are evolving.
0: We explore alternative worlds as a means to understand our own world in new ways. So with Online Fields, we go on these expeditions to strange places to gather and collect trends and weak signals that are shaping the world to come. And then with Tomorrow's Thoughts Today, our architectural and spatial practice is really about extending those trends, exaggerating them to explore them as a series of speculative scenarios. We love this quote from, from the science fiction author Warren Ellis that says that science fiction Um, sorry, prediction is, is science fiction's side effect. Really what science fiction does is exaggerate the present as a means to look back on it in new ways. And that's what our work is really about and that's what we're trying to stake a claim for architects being able to do as a fundamental condition of their practice. And one project that I wanted to talk about a little bit just to unpack this a bit is a project called Future Perfect. And the way they began that project was putting into a room just like this a think tank of mad scientists, literary astronauts, digital poets, speculative gamers, mavericks, visionaries, luminaries, to come together to debate and present the social, cultural, ethical, and environmental consequences of emerging research. So we had people like um, science fiction author Bruce Sterling, comic author Warren Ellis, um, biologist Rachel Armstrong, Microsoft Research Building Blog, New Scientist, and all these people were presenting what they saw as being critical or fundamental to um, uh, ideas that would be shaping the future. and we would then work with a series of concept artists from film and game design to give those conversations a material form. We're really interested in the ways that the techniques of urbanists and architects can actually play a role in taking abstract ideas of of emerging research that's typically locked away behind the walls of corporate IP or hidden behind the walls of the institution and present it in a way that an audience can start to develop emotional relationships to it, to start to connect to it and start to form their own opinions on it. We um, work with special effects artists from films such as Alien, Sunshine and Blade Runner um, to build a giant room-sized movie miniature model of this city. This idea of co-opting forms from science fiction film and actually playing out real trends and real research within these narrative contexts um, to provide the opportunities for a particular sort of engagement. What we're also thinking about is the way that the form of our practice may start to shift and change um, in a condition where architects are becoming increasingly marginalized. So the core of our work and, and part of the work in uh, the Future Perfect project, but also underpinning a lot of the other work that we do is this idea of what is a city in a digital world or what is the role of the architect in a world where technology is the dominant force shaping the city and how do things change at a spatial or urban scale in that context? Architects that traditionally define themselves as the shaper and crafter of buildings as physical objects are becoming increasingly marginalized in a city where cloud computing connections digital connections are shaping the landscape so we use this phrase the idea that the the physical city is dissolving where the traditional infrastructure of roads buildings and public squares are giving away to ephemeral global supply chains logistics infrastructure digital networks biotechnologies and cloud computing connections so we're interested in things like the satellite network and how an understanding of GPS networks actually change our, the way that we occupy cities. We spent time in far north Alaska where we were looking at the way that local uh, Inipiat uh becoming landscape illiterate they used to understand and navigate landscape by reading the snow drift or the, the fall of um, the fall of the grass and it's a very dangerous place to become dependent on technology they're out now all using gps tracking systems um, to, to go on their traditional whale hunts so we developed a project in unknown field studio with a student called Will Galen, who actually started to think about what would it mean for an architect to be designing purely in the GPS spectrum, to not be designing physical objects at all, but be designing objects that would only appear in uh, GPS cartographies. Uh, What he was doing was exploring things like um, how you could actually create imaginary GPS ghost protest icebergs that would drift through uh, shipping lanes because oil tankers navigate solely through GPS. Um, what would it mean for an old company to hide their activity behind the clouds of spoofed GPS mountains? Another network that we're interested in was what we see happening in the Arab Spring and places like Egypt where the network brought together new forms of community. We used to define what cities were by the fact that that's where we lived, but now network technology is creating new types of community and new types of connections. And these new forms of infrastructure are really interesting for us as architects. What does it mean to actually start to design and engineer with these networks? It's a time when the when the city itself as a physical construction in question, and we're much closer to our virtual community than we are to our neighbours. So we'd think like to think about what the internet means for for how architects might operate. This is how we typically think of the internet um, as a cloud city of ephemeral webs and connections. But actually, the internet is very physical. Um, Where a 75-year-old woman scavenging for copper can cut off the whole of the internet to Armenia it's an internet with shadows and blackouts it's managed by companies or nation-states where three men arrested off the coast of Alexandria are accused of trying to cut the internet to Egypt by sabotaging an undersea cable and the US military have developed aerial systems to force the internet on dictators who have closed down or censored their own network we talk about it as a kind of weaponized connectivity where the designing or engineering of a network actually has more potent form within the physical city than some of the physical buildings themselves so perhaps it means that the architect actually becomes more like systems engineer than stonemason so one project um, speculative project we did in order to engage with this was a project called electronic countermeasures where we engineered with a group of roboticists a flock of autonomous quadcopter drones that would drift through the city and on board the drones would be a wi-fi router that would be broadcasting a pirate file sharing network we talked about as a kind of an aerial napster so as they play they perform their balladic aerial choreography through the city people of the city could upload their data and share files what we started to speculate on was that new geographically specific data cultures would emerge. And just like particular areas or neighborhoods and cities that have their own qualities and atmospheres, we started to imagine data suburbs where we would hang out in this area because there the hottest music uploads would be. Or above the picket fences of, um, of the suburbs, drift porn caches. Or revolutionary discussion boards create new forms of public space in the city. So really what we're trying to think about in, in exploring these speculative forms of practice is, is just what architects do when the dominant building material now exists outside the physical spectrum. And what we realize is that the, the traditional form of the city doesn't really exist anymore. perhaps there is city everywhere. What we see is technology, engineered systems, augmented environments, and invisible fields. And as architects, we can start to imagine designing objects, interfaces, and systems where we become more storyteller than builder. This is Future Human Visionaries. Keep listening to find out what tomorrow knows today.
1: Glenn Adamson of the VNA asked why the role of the architect is changing so radically.
0: The problem is that if, if architects continually define themselves in, in traditional roles that, they, that the discipline seems to want to, then they're just going to become increasingly irrelevant if they aren't already. Um, I mean, there will be at some stage the need for some kind of architect type character in the city, but only in the same way that we need Louis Vuitton handbags. You know, they just—they'll just be decadent craftsmen, um, and it's—it's not—it's not the world that's doing that to architects. I think it's architects that do it to themselves. We we self-censor in an extraordinary way that no other discipline does. We're so self-conscious as a discipline. Um, but actually the, our capacity to, to engage the city is really extraordinary. As I said in my presentation, we sit between culture and technology and there's very few disciplines now that, that do that. So we're in a really unique position. And to, to relegate ourselves to designers of, of rich people's beach houses seems, um, seems bizarre. So surely there's other ways that we can in, engage with the city and actually be relevant again. The fabric of cities has been and will continue to be nothing at all to do with architects. Um, uh, you know, The one finessed street corner um, that, that has the opportunity to have some architect look at it is just too slight you know, for, for the scale of issue so that we're dealing with within the city. You know, it's a crisis of agency and a crisis of scale that, that there are other modes that the discipline can operate within. That suggest much more broader frameworks for for, for change um, that may exist separate from the act of building. I mean, I, I think that buildings are an utter distraction for architects. Um, I, I, like, like the, the the skills of an architect, I think, are wasted on on buildings in in a lot of cases. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I think we're moving into a moment where 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 buildings or the built form of cities just kind of it it coalesces, just like a cloud around engineered flows, fields or ecologies. Um, I think the the more critical and interesting role for the architect is in choreographer and, and strategist and curator of those flows. I look forward to the point where architecture as a profession becomes so diluted that it starts to become invisible. That's not about a weakening, I don't think. I think that's about the way that Um, architects as spatial practitioners um, start to become embedded everywhere, you know, they start to become much more um, connected to industry in new ways, or to commerce in new ways, where we cease to be defining ourselves differently and separately, but we actually start to permeate um, all aspects.
1: Could contemporary architecture be more informed by the transformation of urban lifestyles? I think we're we're moving into
0: a point where a basement flat in London may be cheaper, not just because um, it doesn't get much light, but also because the mobile phone reception is shit. Um, That my occupation of London is much more um, related to where I'm gonna get decent Wi-Fi signal or where I can use GPS with some degree of accuracy on Google Maps. Um, You know, the, the way that we occupy cities are. Is changing The way that we conceptualise cities is changing. I have no idea who my neighbour is. Um, I've never met him, I've never talked to him, yet I spend all my time sitting in my studio having very intense and meaningful conversations with people through a network. My conception of London as a place is conditional upon those networks, um, not so much on the physical stuff that's around me. Um, I It's did, I did, I did not one or the other, it's just an utter meshing of the two. Um, and for architects to, to solely engage in that physical spectrum without an acknowledgement of the pervasiveness of ubiquitous computing that's permeated all aspects of that spectrum um, just seems bizarre. Are utopian
1: architectural visions useful or dangerous?
0: U- utopias are a, a really a critical tool in a way. Like the, the problems come when utopias of the imagination are projected into reality. Um, you know, one, one person's utopia is another's nightmarish suicide pact. Jonestown was a utopia. Um, and uh, it ended with, you know, the 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 Kool Aid. Um, the, these these utopias are are much more interesting as. Catalogs or archaeological examinations of the everyday. You know, the cliche that 1984 is is really about 1948. That's their role and that's where they're most interesting. And that's why we think they're exceptionally valuable, um, these kind of speculations, because they allow a way of getting outside of the everyday and looking back into it in really unique ways. They're extraordinary catalogs of the hopes, dreams, and fears of the time. They're... Um, wonderful apparatus through which we can actually test ideas, put them out there in a form that's digestible, hopefully to audiences um, larger than traditional architectural ones, so that we can actually um, test possibilities and role play them through, through scenario modeling and hopefully instigate some kind of engagement. Part of what the Utopian project does is enable an audience to start to make decisions and it becomes a placeholder around which to have a conversation about what our shared values may be. So I think they're really fundamentally interesting ways of operationalizing Utopia as a tool in future making. This recording took place at an event convened by the V&A with support from Z33, the Wellcome Collection, and the Arts and Humanities Research Council. This podcast was produced by Future Human in Dulston, London. For more episodes of the Future Human podcast, visit iTunes or soundcloud.com.